Welcome back to America Speaks. After this past week's election madness, I think we can all agree it will be nice to segue into a conversation that inspires a kind of gathering of our intentions towards reshaping our focus away from division and into inclusion for part two with Kathy Eldon, Pat Chandler, and Creative Visions. Just to remind you a little bit about Kathy and Creative Visions. In 1998, Kathy launched Creative Visions Foundation, inspired by the life of her son, Dan Eldon, an artist, creative activist, and photojournalist who was killed at the age of 22 in 1993 while on assignment for Reuters in Somalia. Creative Visions has impacted more than a hundred million people and has been recognized as a United Nations non-governmental organization. And we are very delighted to have Pat Chandler join us again today. Pat is the CEO of Creative Visions and brings with her more than 25 years of business, marketing, and media management experience and expertise to Creative Visions. Kathy, I think what you do at Creative Visions with Ignite Change and Rock Your World is truly extraordinary. Can you tell our audience a little bit about what Rock Your World is? Our kids in Nairobi, Kenya, went to school with 46 nationalities. There were Israelis and Palestinians. There were Rwandans of all varieties. There was everything represented. And those kids did not see politics. They didn't see religion. They didn't see color. They saw the quality of the other's soul. So if we can connect people, Dan said, connection is the solution. If we can connect people, they will not hate each other. It's very rare that that happens. And when you get Palestinian and Israeli kids working together to play football, they can't figure out why their elders are so upset with them being together. So that's the basis of really a lot of what we're doing. And, and Rock Your World, which was born out of a really lovely project that my daughter Amy propelled at the age of about 26 called Global Tribe. And Global Tribe was shining a big flashlight on individuals who are seeking solutions in their local communities. Out of it came this beautiful curriculum that ignites interest in young people in the Declaration of Human Rights. And it's the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Eleanor Roosevelt, thank you very much. Eleanor says it's not in the big things. That, that Those are not the things that really matter. It's the little things that we do. So it's looking around, spotting something that isn't right, finding a solution. It doesn't have to be your own solution, but then shining a bright light on that. And we teach kids how to create campaigns, how to talk about issues that matter to them. We've discovered it in 72 countries, nearly a million youth around the world. And we're really pushing it here in the United States because we think that it is a wonderful solution for people to understand the plight that other people are going through. You know, what, yeah. what are the challenges, Pat? I think the thing that's so different about that program is that we're storytellers and we understand that creativity and storytelling unlocks change. And so we've embedded that into how we work with young people. And Rock Your World is just a platform to do that. So as they're learning about what's a human right right in their neighborhood, maybe it's around hunger or it's the environment or it's bullying, as they look outside of their neighborhood and they're looking at things that are globally how do they interpret that? How do they talk about that? How do they express? So with Rock Your World, we teach them how to use cameras and look through the lens to be able to communicate to someone else what they see in their community and how that affects them. 
We teach them how to write change, how to write songs, how to create music that moves people to see something differently. If you can get to that place that Kathy's talking about for a moment to drop those barriers, if you're working side by side, that's one great way. But if you're not working side by side, if you can see through things and see that there's really no other, then the power of that can really happen. So Rock Your World is about that. And what we find over and over again is that once kids of all ages begin to actually use those tools, their understanding of the world changes and the opportunity to make different solutions, profound solutions that can change the world becomes really possible. As a photojournalist who has spent now two decades crossing this country, what I have taken away from this is how we are so similar and why our points of tremendous objection or ridicule I find extremely almost backward in thinking. And when I look at the work that you're doing at Creative Visions, what it does is it erases there being opponents on thinking. Kathy, you have devoted your life to seeking solutions to elevate people's lives. There are different things that spark us in our lives. I was 16 years old, a junior in high school, when I was selected to go and live in an Afrikaans community in South Africa. It was a Buddha community. They believed in apartheid. And I knew I was going to hate everything they believed in. But I went to school with my Afrikaner Boer girlfriends, and I loved them. I absolutely loved them. I didn't love anything that they believed in about apartheid, but I grew to love them. And I loved the the motto of the American Field Service was walk together, talk together, O ye nations of the earth. Then and only then shall ye have peace. You know, Kathy, you just said your love of this group of people who believed in apartheid, but individually you could see them for who they are. I again bring up our sense of distrust right now as Americans with each other on the two sides of the aisle. We have got to get back to what you were talking about, Pat, this touchstone, this understanding of connectivity. And I do think that young people have tremendous forgiveness and also excitement in their hearts. Kathy, you travel around the country a lot, and you have recently with the magnificent film you made in celebration of Dan's life journey. I wonder, do you think that Americans take their freedoms for granted? Well, I've lived all over the world for many years. I lived in Africa and I lived in England. When you come to America, as imperfect as we are, we really are the one place on earth that has extraordinary freedom. You know, democracy is challenging, but it certainly is a gift. And even living in Norway or Sweden, you know, I wouldn't choose those countries, even having all the healthcare in the world, which we certainly deserve here. But there are other limitations on who they are. So I think 100% we take our freedoms for, for granted. And it's only when they start to erode. That's when, and I'm a child of the 60s, so we were battling. We were battling against the Vietnam War. We were battling for health care, I mean, for reproductive rights. We had all sorts of battles. So unfortunately, maybe generations have to fight their own battles and maybe we have to have things threatened. My, my big point is, do we have to have a nuclear holocaust to bring this world together? Do we have to have planetary um, unrest or a collapse of the environment? 
we have to come together just because we have to come together. Pat is leading a crusade uh, called Planet 911, which is a coalition of organizations together with Global Green, EarthX, the Earth Vision Institute, Wardoff 100. Many organizations have come together to lead a collaboration of uh, many more. The idea behind that is we do have the freedom here to actually convene people. You can't even convene people in certain other countries. So we have the freedom to convene people, to collaborate, to actually build movements. I think that that is taken for granted often. And what we're saying, I think, as a part of Planet 911 is that our planet needs help. And it's time for us to come together and do something about it. And we're talking a lot about climate change, but we're talking about the human element around that and how people in general need to come together and become stewards of this planet. Becoming stewards of this planet means to become stewards of what it means to be human. So it really will be mandated to young people to go beyond the political sphere and to do what you're doing at Creative Visions, to create movements, movements that are more powerful than politics. You know, we get a little exhausted by what can I do? And then you look at all the lists of things you could sign up for and all the emails we get from every organization we can think of. And usually, by the time you finish reading them, you're tired. So how do you keep the stamina up at Creative Visions? <laughs> we're electrical beings, you know, we're energy. And for me, I get charged up by the people who are around me, who are passionate, vibrantly excited about what they're doing. And if I'm around people who are apathetic, I get apathetic. If I'm around people who are positive and optimistic and passionate, it's like a battery. I am charged by the incredible sacrifices that other people are making around me, and I'm not depleted. Pat, what about you? I think it's similar for me. I just have such faith in humanity, and I can't help it. And I'm so happy that I'm that way, actually. Mm -hmm. And I know others are not, so I'm just built like this. And so what happens here is that every day we're reminded of how amazing people are, right? How much they really care, how much they give. We have people who walk through our doors who tell us the most amazing stories of what they're doing, uh, how they're transforming pain. We're the sort of receptor here of so much goodness that it's really hard not to stay energized. Uh, at the same time, we're, we hear those dark stories. I remember one day I was like, oh my goodness, because there had been a person in here who had been embedded in ISIS. He had suffered so much. There was a woman who was doing a sex trafficking story, and there was an, another person who was doing something on Lyme disease, and again, how that's so misdiagnosed. And I remember thinking, this is so, so dark. And then I turned that immediately to yes, but, you know, yes, and. They're here, they're telling those stories. And what we get to do here, which is sort of that reciprocal thing, is we get to give back. So I think that's it. We're receptors of goodness, and then we're also able to do something about it. And I think to that point, if people choose, you cannot choose to do everything. You, if you can choose one thing, mm -hmm. one thing that actually you think, well, darn it, I'm actually doing this. And whether it's visiting the old lady down the hallway or if it's helping a child, whatever it is, do something because otherwise we do feel powerless. And that's just a terrible place to be. Absolutely. I mean, why I feel that's so critical in these times we're living in is that we are hungry. We're almost desperate to feel good. We are almost desperate to want to help each other because we are so saturated with the other side of that
that river here. I know one of the things that we also look at in order to do the work you're doing is you have to keep up with the practicality of having a foundation and being able to shepherd the ship. So with that said, Pat, what are some of the challenges you find in keeping this very large ocean liner afloat now? (laughs) Oh, I I think probably we have some of the challenges of any business and any nonprofit, really. But I think a unique challenge to us is that there is a lot to be done and there's a lot that people are doing. And we want to support so much of it. And for us to really create impact, we have to make choices about how much we can do So I think that's the hard part for us because our aspirations are so much higher often than the human and financial resources that we have to support those. So one of the things that we do to overcome that is we really work hard to be collaborators and conveners and bring other people who are doing the work. And some of them are frontline organizations. Some of them are other storytellers and media makers. Bring them together so that we can all collectively create a bigger impact. But that's our challenge. Our challenge is saying no, really, because we want to say yes to everything. I want to thank Kathy Eldon and Pat Chandler for a truly inspired conversation today. As Kathy has reminded us, we must find a way to reconnect and make greater effort to understand the plight that others are dealing with and to find our human connection. The virtue of being a storyteller, as Pat reflects, is to highlight a more compassionate message with a focus on the individual narrative that can strike a chord to encourage us to see our commonality as a global community. It is time for us to take up the responsibility of being the steward of our fragile planet and put aside our differences to find solutions together to create the impossible. If you have protested for anything in the past 18 years, you very well may be in my book, I Protest. Please go to my website, www.tishlampert.org, and see if you can find yourself in my book. And once again, I want to thank James Koblenz and Kim Langbacker, without whom this episode would not be possible. And you can also find me on Twitter at TishLampertCom and on Instagram at Tish underscore Lampert underscore org. And we would love to hear from you. Please write to us at americaspeakspodcast at gmail.com. And if you have missed any of our episodes, you can find them archived at Apple Podcasts, America Speaks with Tish Lampert. Remember... America Speaks believes every one of us has a story. And a voice. <laughs>